Well, there are events and vigils held right across the country today to mark International Overdose Awareness Day. Much of the focus uh, today and in recent years is on the country's ongoing opioid crisis, of course. More than 7,500 people died of apparent opioid toxicity in 2021 alone. Imagine that's 21 deaths per day on average. And the vast majority of them, 88%, took place in just three provinces, Ontario, B.C., and Alberta. Since 2016, about 10,000 people have died in this country, 100 alone in Medicine Hat. It's not that big a place, a population of about 60,000. Uh, they reached that grim milestone recently. Uh, today, people gathered there too to remember those lost. Of course, as it's always said, behind every one of those numbers is a family and a life and a story. Uh, one of those being remembered today was uh, Kim Porter's 31-year-old son, Neil. He passed away five years ago from a fentanyl overdose after struggling for years with addiction, anxiety, and depression. Kim is one of those fighting to make sure there are more services and resources available in her community to try to help those in need and to save lives. They had an event there tonight as well. And uh, Kim joins me now. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Tell me about tonight. I know that every year... um, changes a little bit. Uh, there was some new stuff this year as well. And I guess you had a chance to all be back uh, together as well, given the past few years there were restrictions in place. That's that's right. Um, so this year our event went from five till eight tonight. And we um, were able to offer food again this year with COVID. We've not been able to do that for the last couple of years. We find food is a way to help people connect, to feel a little more relaxed. And it brings in... Um, people in vulnerable situations as well as um, the average medicine hatter um, and they can sit down and enjoy a meal together. Um, We had the biggest crowd we've had come out this year. We had well over 200 people, which is quite big considering the size of our community. Um, We acknowledge uh, the lives lost and um, we, um, provide support for people that are looking for support as well as um, just letting people make connections and grieve um, openly. Yeah. And recognizing it too, you know, bringing it out in the open as well as you've talked about. I know that, um, you know, you became involved in this because of personal loss. I think a lot of mums who do get involved in this um, come from from a similar place of pain and and trying to understand what happened. But you often talked about the stigma of it as well was a huge problem. And events like tonight, I I imagine, help lift that just a little bit. Exactly. And um, that's the benefit of having a number of different people in different economic statuses and uh, positions in their life come out. And, um, you know, we have families come out with their children and um, they say to me, and I had a conversation with a teacher, you know, what can we do? And I said, well, just bringing your two daughters here tonight is important to make them aware that this happens in every community, that it can happen in anybody's home, and um, to keep those conversations open. Yeah, tell me, tell me about your experience a little bit, because, I, again, I know that um, Mum Stop the Harm is, is a group that I've spoken to before, but, but um, not from Alberta, not from Medicine Hat. Um, tell me a bit about you were like many moms, I guess, didn't know the depths of, of of what the addiction was when it happened and, and how and how much you've had to learn since about it uh, has been quite the journey. I think um, as a mom, um, you you see, I think, the tip of the iceberg 
of what your child is struggling with. And also, I, I think in retrospect, I, I always hoped that it wasn't as bad as, as it was. And um, when we found out how, how significant it was after a number of overdoses that we weren't made aware of, um, it was too late. Neil had died. And um, uh, in retrospect, I, of course, I want to, I wish I had known more. And that's part of what, you know, our Medicine and Drug Coalition and Mums Stop the Harm does is try to educate people um, and, and open up those conversations so that um, people know that it, it can affect anybody. Yeah, I, mean, I was surprised to see that there have been a 100 opioid deaths in Medicine Hat over the past six years. I know it's a community of about 60,000, 65,000. That strikes me as a lot. I think we often talk about this. I don't know if you see this because you're you're involved in it uh, within the community. Is it often, do you feel covered or at least perceived as maybe being a bigger city problem? But but we, we know it's happening in all kinds of communities. Well, exactly. Um, I was actually surprised that when I was looking at some of the stats today, um, in comparison, um, Medicine Hat has more overdose deaths per 100,000 than all of Alberta put together. So uh, we have more than Calgary. Um, but we, we're sort of that forgotten end of the corner uh, of the province. And um, I also think that um, we have resources in our community, but we're quite a conservative community and people tend to hide their substance use. And so they're not reaching out. I know that was a component of my son's struggle was um, stigma was huge for him. And um, he, he didn't want to reach out for help. Um, he thought he could control it on his own and he hid it from most people. They had no idea what his struggle was. Um, but as far as in, in medicine hat, we, people come here and they see this lovely community flowers, on the streets, you know, we, we keep things looking really nice, but we have, we have a big struggle here. We don't have a supervised consumption site here. A number of years ago, we fought to get one and the community fought against it. And um, the government in our province, the UCP, um, sided with um, the NIMBYism. And uh, so that's another reason why I think our numbers are high. You know, I was reading today, too, that, you know, Sudbury in Ontario, Thunder Bay in Ontario, a lot of smaller cities are having big problems with the opioid crisis. And I imagine it's a lot of what you're describing, which is sort of this perfect storm of a problem that exists. But in a smaller community, um, it's hard to ask for help because everyone knows who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stigma the stigma is tough. Uh, and, and there's, you know, and there are conservative attitudes about, you know, those are not those are not the problems that exist in my town. That happens in Calgary or Vancouver or Toronto. It doesn't happen here. And waking up to that reality can be tough. It's tough to convince people, I'm sure, in your own community that you have a real problem on your hands. Very much so. So the events like tonight help with that. We've had more coverage this year for some reason um, because the issue is becoming huge. And um, it's going to continue that way um, until we get some of the necessary supports in place, like safe supply. Um, people have a really strong attitude against safe supply. Um, but once it starts affecting your own family, you don't open your eyes to what that means and how it can save a life. 
and and I, I was guilty of that myself before um, my son's death and during his struggle. I didn't understand um, the supports that he needed, and uh, it, afterwards I did. I, I learned, and um, that's, a, that's a regret I have. I can't go back and change that, but, um, you know, I do have moms reach out to me in this community that um, have no one else. They haven't told anybody else. Um, you read the obituaries in the paper they're usually covered up um it's um it's not written that this person died from fentanyl poisoning or um you know struggled with mental health that that's really hushed up in our community consequently we consequently a couple of years ago we had um quite a significant amount of young men in our community die by suicide um and uh, they're, they're starting to be a little more open about that in our community because of, um, you know, the, the crazy amount of people that, that numbers of people that had died. Uh, Kim, I imagine that one of the difficult parts being in a smaller community is trying to find or trying at least to have the services you think will help uh, this, this horrific situation, um, trying to get them provided to you because there's obviously, as you mentioned, there's always going to be opposition uh, locally as well. And, and this idea that, that, the problem may, might not be as might not exist in the in the town, and and therefore we don't need the sorts of things that you're suggesting, like a supervised consumption site and places and things such as that. Right, and, and our numbers are proof that we do need that sort of support. So, um, yeah, the NIMBYism won over in that one, and um, those of us in the drug coalition um, were sort of a ragtag group of people that. Um, are either working in recovery programs, um, helping support clients, working in jails with um, people that are struggling, um, or we're just community members that have been personally affected. And um, if the government's not going to step in and make the necessary changes, then we as as a general public have to do it. And um, especially in a smaller community, um, we have to continue the fight. Yeah, it must be, I mean, I, I guess discouraging probably isn't the word, but it must be a real challenge at times to try and convince your neighbors, in other words, that these are the sorts of things that are needed, um, even though there's obviously going to be pushback in, in communities about having such things as supervised consumption sites or something like safe supply, which remains, you know, which has opponents everywhere you go, even in, even in big cities. Right. Discouraging is, is, is just the tip of the iceberg on, the, on um, I can't even think of the proper term to describe how it feels to watch um, people that we love, people that we care about um, struggle and die. People are going to, people have used drugs for thousands of years. They're going to continue to use drugs. And so if we don't supply them with a safe place to do it, they're going to be doing it in their own home, in the alleys, in um hotel rooms, and consequently, there's not going to be anybody there to reverse the overdose, and they're going to die. Um, so, we, yeah, we, we have a safe supply of alcohol. Alcohol was legalized. Alcohol was regulated. You know, when you go to a bar, which is a supervised consumption site, to order a beer, that you know exactly the amount of alcohol in it. You know it's not tainted. Um, and so I think that this government needs to... Um, open up its eyes and um, consider safe supply. What do you tell to, to other mums out there right across the country in smaller places where they may not have the same 
supports perhaps that are available. I know people uh, everywhere uh, feel like there's just not enough support, period. But to, to mums and other smaller communities who may be witnessing this, struggling with this, um, and may not have many people to reach out to because within the community, if you start to reach out, then everyone starts to know. And that's the last thing you want to have happen. You know, the stigma. How do you, uh, what, what do you, what advice do you have to moms out there who may be in your shoes? Reach out. Help break down that stigma. Um, start the conversation with your children. Uh, their lives depend on it. Um, reach out to Mom Stop the Harm. We have a wealth of information within Mom Stop the Harm, um, advocate for the changes that you want to see. Um, reach out um, in your community and see if, like in, in Medicine Hat, we're so fortunate to have a Medicine Hat Drug Coalition. We're the ones that have put on this event for the last five years. And um, we're just a group of people that are concerned about what's happening in our community. Um, so I say use your voice. Use um, the, the fact that your child could die to help motivate you to come out of that fear, come out of that, that stigma, um, that discrimination, um, and, um, speak out. And, and do you have any, do you have any hope that, that things will get, will get better where you are, at least that some of the services you feel are needed will be provided at some point? I do have hope and I, and I can't not have hope because I wouldn't continue to do what I do. Of course, there's days where, uh, the hope seems minimal, but I, I continue to um, focus on um, we are going to change things. We have a new city council, um, and um, our mayor, Lindsay Clark, showed up at our events event tonight, and um, she's very much in favor of doing what we need to support the struggle in Medicine Hat. Um, so I um, and, and a couple other council members showed up. I feel encouraged by um by the politicians that we have here in Medicine Hat. I fight actively for a change in government here in Alberta. I'm working with um, our NDP candidate to um, try to, um, um, we have to do something different. We can't keep doing the same thing. That's craziness. Kim, um, I think sometimes we don't often talk enough about how this opioid crisis has impacted communities such as yours. And I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, shed some light on that tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate you reaching out and into our smaller community. Um, that's, that's what we need to help change um, the direction that we're going in.